patience, waiting, those words that, um, that's been the lesson of, of my life lesson. And the thing about it is I come to realization that it's, it's not necessarily God give me more patience, is you employ patience in the midst of situations. So it's a tool that you use. And so um, the thing about it is you're never, never going to get away from it. You're always going to need it because we're always hoping for something. That's why I believe this word is um, applicable um, to everybody and everybody can relate because everybody is hoping for something. I mean, you wouldn't, if you lost hope, you wouldn't be getting up. There's something I wrote on my, um, my wall at work, well, my dry erase board at work, and it says that uh, hope is fuel for the fire, and when you lose hope, you burn out. In other words, is is if you're, you know, if you stop hoping, you just, I mean, why get up? You know, why uh, continue pressing on? You know, and that's mainly what we what we're doing. We keep pressing on. You know, despite opposition, despite trials and tribulations, we keep moving forward because we have a hope in Christ. Our first, our number one hope is that Jesus is coming back for us. That there's a life that He has prepared for us. That He has. Um, victory for us and the the thing about that we have is um the holy spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our salvation and um because you think about it we've accepted christ and accepted salvation and uh we know about this inheritance but we haven't fully received it it's not until we pass over into um into uh the heaven um pass from here into there um so that is that we the hope that we have and so each day we're living in hope of uh, receiving our inheritance in Christ, and, and that's what we have. Um, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 11, starting with the first verse, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. This is, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So in in essence, you have your your faith is a um, is in itself a substance of what you do not yet see, but it's what you believe. You're holding on to it. It's what you have in the uh, in the natural. You're believing, but it's in the spiritual. <laughs> it's in the unseen. But your faith is you holding on it in the on the scene. If I'm explaining that correctly, but um, talking about patience is um want to start with James chapter 1. So I started with talking about faith as, as a precursor because that's what we have hope in. You know, God has given us a, um, a, a vision or he's given us a promise or there's a goal, you know, if you're believing for healing for your body, you're believing for salvation for a loved one, you're believing for a promotion or some kind of breakthrough, something that we're all focusing on and hopefully we all should be focusing on something because that shows growth, you know. And, and I think oftentimes, I'm sure we all can attest, is that when you accomplish something, you want to kind of relax and just, you know. And it is good to celebrate the victories and um, and celebrate that time. But then it's like, well, here's another issue. You know, here's something else that you hoping for. That's like even with, with me sometimes, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, I get bored. I kind of get bored with stuff. You know, once I've accomplished this, you know, it's like, uh, okay, I've done this. Now what's next? You know, I'm ready to conquer this next mountain. I'm ready to do something else. And that's basically, that's what gets us up. I mean, if, if we got to a point where we 
weren't focusing or, or had some kind of goal in front of us, we would just be stagnant. We wouldn't grow. We, we wouldn't uh, persevere. And so that's what I'm learning life is about, is about persevering. It's something that's going to challenge you and develop you to be stronger. And um, we should always be um, looking for those challenges and opportunities. Now, um, the thing that comes along is when you're, you have a goal in front of you, there's going to be opposition. And, and it's inevitable. And, and many times... Um, and as I can attest to in my 34 years of life lessons is that uh, I think times we think of, well, if God promised me this and, you know, it's just going to happen and there's not going to be any opposition or if it's opposition because I'm doing something wrong or something is, is messing it up. And sometimes that's just life. There is going to be opposition. The devil knows that there's something uh, for you and he wants to thwart you, distract you because he's all after your relationship with God. Because the thing is, when you start having those thoughts of, oh, well, maybe I miss God or maybe this isn't for me, then you start questioning God and ultimately that leads to doubt and unbelief and then that separates you from God. Because God says in order uh, to please him, we must have faith. We must believe that he is. And so that's what this relationship with God is all about, is about faith. And so we have to recognize the attacks when they come. Now, um, James, in this verse, uh, chapter of James, he's talking about trials and tribulations or in temptations. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when we understand the uh, the purpose of trials and tribulations, what is the purpose of trials and tribulation is to develop perseverance. And the perseverance is, is it says when it's complete is work, it's the testing of your faith is to um, to make you mature and complete. Because ultimately, if we look in the book of Ephesians chapter four, and talking about the fivefold ministry. Let's see if I can go there real quick. And he talks about he gave the uh, the prophets in um, some evangelists, uh, chapter four with the eleventh verse. It says it was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I think many oftentimes we, we get on this journey of salvation and, and many times People, a lot of people are there. They get saved. Ooh, I escaped hell. Like a, a, a get out of a jail free card, and they and they stop right there. And like, no, that's just the beginning. God wants to mature us, and what is the level of maturity that He wants to bring us to? Christ. And then that makes you understand. Well, the whole reason of why Jesus came, because you can think about it. I think oftentimes growing up in church or just being in church for a while, you just hear stuff and you don't really think about. It. You just that's just you know Jesus came to die. But Jesus didn't come just to die. He came to model. He was or is the son of God. And he what he did by him coming and dying, he multiplied. God multiplied more sons of God. And so we should rep, replicate or um, look like Jesus. And basically what Jesus did was um, modeling how we should act. That's why when he left, he says, you're going to do even greater works. And so what did you, that's, so then we go to, well, what did Jesus do? Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He cursed it. He said, because it was out of order. It didn't have leaves on it. 
or figs on it when he wanted it. He said, may you never produce again or something to that effect. And the disciples came the next day and they was like, oh, my goodness, the key, the tree that you cursed died. And he's like, well, hello. He's like, have faith in God. And I'm like, he said, if you speak to the mountain, it will be uprooted and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt, see, doubt is that enemy. It's um, it's, it's like fear um, is it, the opposite of your faith. And it, it, it um. It just is. It tears it down. So we have to be careful about doubt. But um, ultimately, that's what li- this life is about: is maturing us. And I think once we realize that, and realize that life is not about a, a vacation. I mean, we can enjoy. I mean, because you, you have to take breaks and you want to enjoy life. But ultimately, the goal is the maturity to be developed and look like Christ. And so, when you understand that, then you can look at your trials and, and tribulations. And look at it in a different light. And look at it as not to grow sorrowful. And Because like what Paul is saying is, um, well, I guess that was James, uh, t- count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations because what is it doing? It's maturing you. It's making you complete. I'm going to go back to that, um, that part. It says, yes, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's where we want to be. Um, I'm going to drop down to the 12th verse. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to them, to those who love him. And um, the crown is that we do have a reward. We have a reward not only in, in heaven in the in the next life, but here on earth. And so that is the reward. As, as Paul talked about, we were running this race, you know, to a... Uh, um, How's it go? Uh, we're running this race so we can uh, achieve that what God has for him. Um, also, going to jump to Hebrews 10, 35th verse. Okay, so this is the NIV. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Amen. And that is, uh, once again, talking about the reward is that as you run this race um, that is set out before us, that's the end of the race is, is a reward. It's a reward that we kept the faith because that's what Jesus was talking about. He's like, when he comes back on the earth, will he find faith on the earth? You know, that's what we are called to be, people of faith. And so when you, um, like I said earlier, when you have a goal before you or you have something for you want to employ patience. And um, I'm getting this from this article I'm, I'm reading from. Um, this is the voice of victory from uh, Kenneth Copeland. And I'm talking about uh, using patience and, um, and running this race. And the thing he was saying in regards to counting out joy is it's like someone that you go to the movies with and, like, they've already seen the movie. And so when you're watching the movie and you're freaking out, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? And you're like, oh, I don't want to see the rest. And they're sitting there all calm because they know the ending. And so that, in a way, is what how we should be, that when everyone else is stressed and worried about the recession and worried about unemployment and worried about this situation, that situation, you have inside information. You, uh, God has given you secrets and let you know, you know what? I've already conquered this, right? I've already um, given you the victory. You're going through this right now. But um, it's kind of like the children of Israel. 
when he promised, he said he's going to send him to the promised land. And so they came to the Red Sea and then they started distressing. Oh, we should have gone back. But I'm like, if he promised to take you into the promised land, that means he knew about the Red Sea. So that means he had already made provision for you to get through the Red Sea. You don't see how you're going to get the Red Sea. You don't, there's not a boat. You don't know how he's going to do it. But that's the awesomeness of God is that it doesn't matter what you're facing because he's God and over all things, he will part a Red Sea. He will do miracles for you to get you to where you need to be. God has, uh, is committed to getting you to where you need to be and nobody can stop you. No situation can hinder you. Nothing that you're facing right now will be able to stop what God has preordained for you. I'm going want to go to Ephesians chapter 3. I guess I don't write that down. Ephesians chapter 3. Talking about how God has already have something for us. Okay, this is Ephesians chapter 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2, with the, starting with the 10th verse, is the NIV version. Um, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Um, I want to read the Amplified as well. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I mean, that's a promise. The, the word is full of promises. And basically what he's saying here is that he's already created. He already has a purpose for you. He already has a path preordained for you. And he's committed to you getting there. And so that's a re, a, an assurance. We can rest. We don't have to keep working and striving and trying to find this, trying to figure this out. God has already got a path for you. You need to just walk it out. Um, and as we walk that path, amen, prearrange it. That was a Ephesians chapter 2 in the 10th verse. It made me think of another verse. I forgot. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Which reminds me of the verse in um, Psalms where it talks about if a man... A, Righteous man steps to order by the Lord. And so if a man steps to order by the Lord, how can he know his way? So you are required to depend solely on God. And you're following him. Because to think about it, he's not going to tell you. Because that's oftentimes, because God knows humanity. He knows how we are. If he told us and showed us everything, we'd be trying to figure out how we're going to get there. We'd be trying to work our own plan. Trying to, okay, God, I, I got it. I got it. You don't have to worry about it. I'm like, look. I'm God, I can handle it. And that's just, and so sometimes he only gives us just a glimpse. And oftentimes we'll look in our situation, we only see from this angle, but God's looking from up here. He sees everything. He knows what's ahead of you. And so we have to thank God for the closed doors and thank God for the open doors. I was uh, listening to Joel Osteen and he was talking about just the different closed doors and 
the different uh, divine delays and just the different situations where it's like sometimes you can look back and realize, oh, okay, God, you are protecting me in this situation. I don't understand in the midst of that situation, but now I see. Oftentimes we meet people and um, you're wondering why we can't seem to connect or certain people you can't, uh, we always wanted to hook up and do something or you wanted a business partner or just a ministry partner or just somebody that you really wanted to connect with. Um, I'll just give an example of my own self. I went for an interview for this, um, a number of interviews. <laughs> God has just shut the door. But no, there was one where it was this one attorney. I went for the interview, and he we went out to lunch, and he was um, just asking general questions. I felt kind of odd. He even went and, and showed me his office and everything. But then was, I guess, uh, told me, I think I don't know if I got a letter later or something, and um, obviously I didn't get the job. And I was just wondering, I'm like, that was so weird. But later I had talked to a, 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 um, a judge and he was saying, yeah, you wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been a good thing anyway. You, and then come to find out that the, uh, years later, he's been disbarred. So it's, it's the things where you like, it doesn't make sense. And God doesn't really tell you why this happened. But you're like, oh, thank God for keeping me out of this situation. There's people I've met, guys that i met. And I wonder why we didn't connect here or whatever. And you look later, like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me from that foolishness but God is faithful to do this so we have to thank God for the closed doors and don't try to bust in them God is trying to protect you and thank him because he sees everything you can only people can be deceiving situations can be deceiving because that's what the devil does he comes to deceive us. he love he wants to trip you up so he knows that if he brings something to you and it's just a mess he knows you're going to recognize a mess but that's why he dresses it up. It makes it all nice and appealing and it seems nice. And um, the thing about it is this is nothing new. It's the same thing he did to Eve in the garden. So he hasn't come up with any new tricks. We just got to be wise enough to recognize when he's coming. And um, and got to be in the spirit. Um, I was, uh, I think one morning I was, I woke up or something and I was thinking about that. If we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so if you're walking in the spirit and your spirit is king, your spirit knows and it can recognize. But when you're in the flesh, you're kind of thrown off. You know, you're going by what, you know, lust of the eyes, lust, lust of uh, pride of life, all those things. But when you're in the spirit, your spirit knows, your spirit can put the brakes on, like, hey, this is not good. Something, we don't have to explain everything right now, but something about this is not right. Turn around and leave. Flee if you have to. So trust that. Trust that God wants the best for you. And then you come to acknowledge some things that sometimes we wanted to settle in situations. Things um, like I know with me with different things, I was trying this and trying that. And I'm like, well, God, I, I was willing to do that. But for some reason, he shut that down. And I've seen him um, open up an opportunity. I'm just I mean, I know I'm in a strange situa- situation, but it, I love my job. If only it was a paid job. But I really love it. And I, so I look back at all the different jobs that I applied for. And I realized, you know, I would have been so bored at that job. I, I wouldn't have. Um, advance. I mean, I just see how God has been ordering my steps this whole time. And the thing about it is, is when you allow him to do that, he will take you places you never even dreamed of. Because the thing about it, oftentimes we look at only what we know, only in our own finite minds of only what uh, what, what people in, that look like me, what have they done before? Or you limit yourself, but when you take the limits off, God will take you places you never dreamed of. Because And the thing about it is, like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, 
in verse 10, it says we are God's own handiwork. He created us. So he put everything in you that is needed to fulfill the destiny purpose that he has for you. He put in you the endurance that you need to walk this walk out. It was another scripture I can't think of right now, but it's when it's talking about um, temptation that God will um, um, tempt you or bring where well, you won't be able to endure it and that he always provides a way of escape. And so God knows your level of uh, where you're at. He knows how to get you to where you need to be. He knows how much you can endure. Um, the other thing about this article it was talking about joyful your attitude in impatience and i think that's that's the difference as well as you think about paul and silas paul and silas when they were in prison they were in jail now they could have been sorrowful you i'm sure anybody would say hey you have a right to be sorrowful you're in prison if we're some for you know glorifying god you had a right but because they changed their attitude and they praise god i mean these people this time they rejoice because of the persecution it was a blessing to them because they're like we're identified with christ that is a blessing to be identified with christ we're willing to die for him and whatever it takes and so they were rejoicing and praising god the angels came and busted them out of jail so that's the thing about it. just think if they had been sorrowful how then how many days would they have been in jail so when you're in your situation it seems like a prison and that's the thing about it we got to remember we have inside information and as far as we know victory is is in our future there is a blessing in our future when you keep that in mind no matter what you're going through right now it doesn't even matter you know it truly is a temporary situation and not only that any minute any second god can turn your situation around because he's just that kind of god and that's what he does and i believe that's truly it's all about faith god is like how much is your faith many times i i um because like i said i listen to uh, the bible experiences so i hear um people come up to jesus and, and asking him to do this or this that and the other and he'll, he'll marvel at their faith he's like wow i've never seen such great faith the man that came to him and said you don't even have to come just say a word he said i am a man of authority there's people under me and i just say it and uh, so he understood authority and so when you understand authority you have authority i am doing things that i said i would do i mean and it wasn't necessarily i don't even know how to explain it. it it wasn't that god told me to say this i wasn't in some spiritual uh high place or anything like that i just said like the very job that i'm working at i said before i first worked there i, I don't know if i passed it there but i was like i'm gonna work there and i was in an interview also for a different job in a different place and they would say where do you see yourself in five years and i just spontaneously said a, a federal prosecutor and i'm like where did that come from so it's it's the things that you your spirit is speaking you're prophesying to yourself and so that same authority that god has in him he has given to us because if you understand that we are created in his image and after his likeness he created us to dominate just as jesus did he, there was the winds and waves and he said peace be still because he is in charge of it and he's given us that authority when he gave us dominion that's what we have we have dominion and so even when we're in the midst of our situation don't look at it as something that is overtaking me that is overpowering me that this this is happening to me but this is something that is building me this is pressure we need pressure and opposition to grow stronger how else can we build muscles if we don't have any kind of resistance and that only builds you up you know if we never exercise if we never have any opposition 
it would, we would be like babies. We would just be weak and spineless. And God's like, I, what, what can he do with you? And so because we want to be used of God, we have to be strong. And we have to be firm. We have to be like steel. I was thinking the other day, I'm like, God, you have burned everything off of me. <laughs> I don't know what's left. What else do you want, Jesus? <laughs> you done took it all. <laughs> I'm, I am yours, Lord. <laughs> have your way. And so, and I'm like, you know what? That's probably just where God wants me to be. He's like, the sooner you can get there, the better. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, God, I, I'm glad I'm here. You know, I'm sure there's other things that he's uh, working on and doing. But I'm like, he's like, now I can use you. It's like the potter with the clay. He's got to get off those parts. It's like when you, um, I, I'm just totally making this up because I have no idea. Um, if you're making whoever makes a bullet or any kind of a dagger or a knife, you have to sharpen. You have to get away to get that right, to get that straight edge and to get whatever you need it to do to be pointy, to get it to work, to be effective and long lasting. You got to cut away the other stuff. And so that's what God is doing. He is when he is putting us through, um, and, and, not, and I'm not saying that God is putting you through situations. He's allowing you to go through situations to make you stronger, to make you so when he uses you, you are on point, you are consistent, you are um, effective, and that's what he wants us to be. There was a verse talking about that. I can't think of it right now, but it's talking about that when we come to that, we come to we are complete and we are effective through that, um, through this walk and through patience. And so, um, another thing I was thinking about is when you're uh, walking and exercising patience and you're going through your situation. And like I said, this is not something I'm just talking. This is something I'm living. Okay. Cause you have to, to get up every day and, and hoping for your situation to change and then go to bed that night and, and still yet hoping. So that's all you, um, it's about being consistent. And so oftentimes you are going to experience doubt or, or unbelief or you may get uh, sorrowful. But the thing about it is it's so much more enjoyable if you stay in joy. <laughs> you can endure. And if you think about it, each day is like, okay, I've conquered that and I'm getting closer to my victory. So each day you you conquered, you've, like, I made it another day. You know, it's just like someone in a recovery program or, or something like that that is, um, um, standing against uh, addiction or anything like that, they they celebrate those moments, and that's what you should do. Celebrate each day. Yeah, I made it today in walking in faith. I made it another day because the enemy wants you to give up. And the thing about it, we can't give up. We can't afford to give up. And for me, I think about the people that don't know God. You know, I think about the people that are dependent on me to um to live this life. There are people watching you. I look at my dad. He is a very big inspiration to my faith. There is no way. I would be able to stand and do what I'm doing if I didn't see him walking out his faith each and every day and the opposition that I know that he's faced and my, and my uh, mother as well seeing them being people of faith and just keep pressing on no matter what it is not knowing what the future may hold hoping for um, the good things and the blessed things but not being deterred and not giving up and so that encourages me and so that's what you are to other people. When you show up for work every day, when you come with a smile, when you, you are on point, when people can count on you, when like pastor, he can ask me, hey, do you have a word? You need to be faithful. That's what pastor is talking about, being faithful, being consistent. People depend on you to be consistent. When I walk into my building every morning, I'm, I wave to the um, 
and greet the um, the, the security people. And um, one of the guys said today, well, hey, here's a ray of sunshine or something this morning. And, you know, I didn't even realize that, but just showing up with a smile on my face because so many people come to work and they're depressed and they're sad. I'm like, y'all, y'all got jobs. I <laughs> I would have got a salary. Y'all tell y'all they're depressed. But uh, I'm like, and that's what we've been called to do. When you realize that truly it's not about us, and people say that in cliches, but truly it's not. When we give our life to Christ, we have definitely laid down our life. We are crucified with Christ, and through him we now live. You know, everything is different now. Yeah, um, our perspective is different. Our goals are different. The, um, the reason why we live and breathe and why we keep moving forward is different. Different. It's a different agenda. It's God's agenda. And the thing about it is we have to stay and continue um, communication with him to find out what is his agenda. And there are often times where um, you don't know what's going on and you don't know what God is up to. God, I, I don't know what you're doing in this situation, but I know it's going to work out for my good. And that's why you have to trust and truly know God. And I think that's ultimately what God wants us is to come into a relationship with him and know him and to trust him and to love him. And so when you're in situations, you have goals or um, something that you're reaching for, employ patience because you do have inside information that the victory is yours. The victory has already been uh, prearranged and it, um, it's your destiny. And the blessing I, I think of, um, that I'm excited about is that how suddenly things can change in your favor. Like God is not bound by time. And that there is a timing in situations. And it's God's perfect timing. And this article also talked about how the uh, the, the two sons, remember the uh, the, the um the father with the two sons, the prodigal son, and the, uh, the young man, he had an inheritance, but he wanted out of time. He didn't want to wait till his daddy died. He wanted it before. And so he was immature. And so he, father, went ahead and gave him his inheritance, and then he squandered it all and realized, you know what? I should have stayed home. I never should have left. And that's the thing about it. Some, oftentimes, God can have something for you, but if it's in the wrong time, it's, it's almost like a curse. And so it's a good thing but just in the wrong time. So we want the things that God has us, those good things for, but we want it in the right time because that's when it's sweet and it's and it's perfect and it's, it just gives you a peace. And so we want to um, and uh, rejoice in the delays and, and rejoice in, in what God's plan for us because um, as my favorite scripture in uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, and i truly seen how God prepared me for... Um, what the walk that he had before me says for I know for I know the the thoughts and plans that I have for you says the Lord thoughts and plans for welfare and peace not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome and the NLV says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future and it says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And so the, the beautiful thing about it ultimately is that whatever we're going through, God is with us. We look at the Hebrew boys, and um, they went in the fiery furnace, and God was with them. And so whatever the situation, God is, is with you. And that's like with, uh, with me and my situations is that God has been with me through it all. I never would have made it. Like, uh, the, was it Marvin Sapp sings that song, but it's so true. I never would have made it if it had not been for Jesus. He's the one that keeps 
me in my right mind, you know, because there's many things that come in your life, and you know what? If it was not for Jesus, I would just totally lose it. So uh, that's what we have to hold on to, and that's what we need each other. We need each other to encourage each other. I appreciate my family, my church family, for being there to encourage, and that's why we need. To, that's why faithfulness is so important because we don't know what people are going through throughout the week. And so to come here and see other believers that are still faithful, you know, okay, I'm not the only one still uh, uh, walking in faith. There are other people that are that's yet still holding on because oftentimes we go out in the world and you almost think, am I the only one saved? Good Lord, what's going on? So it's, it's, it's good to know that you are surrounded by other people, other believers that are still pressing and, and keep moving forward. And I encourage you, don't give up on anything that God has given you. God has given you a dream. If God has put a, um, um, a vision, if God has put a talent or ability in you, please use it and don't give up on it. Um, if you just start in a little way and, and, and sow it and give yourself away. That's another thing I'm um um, God has been using me is just uh, with that song that says I give myself away and the other song that we sang um, God if you're doing anything in this season don't do it without me and so when God starts pulling on you go ahead and let him do it <laughs> that's the song we sang so uh, allow him to use you and so I just hope that is an encouragement to you that exercise patience when you're waiting on a situation or you're waiting on the promise, but do with joy because you already know the answer. We have inside information so you can count it all joy when you're going through trial because it's only making you stronger and making you complete. Because ultimately, if you think about it, when we um, go into uh, the thousand year reign, God needs people to take over cities and to, to manage. And so this is our training ground. And so we get it here then we won't have to be in training on the, on the other side. And so that's the opportunity that we have now. So I hope that was a blessing to you. Amen. Thank you, Shalani. Yes, it is a blessing. Amen. Because that's, that's what the reason that we continually come together. And that's what the word says. One have a song, one have a word or, you know, however. So you're bringing your personal relationship with God together when we all come together and because god is just like he's just awesome he knows how to you know as pastor i always say the holy ghost is the cool whip you know we all you know we all free and so, <laughs> and so he's stir you know the holy ghost is the one that stirs us all up together and uh it's a great taste amen what the words say taste and see that the lord is good and that is a blessing and i am blessed amen so we just thank god for um what has happened in our midst. Heavenly Father, we just give you all the glory. And we thank you, God, that each one of us know you personally, Lord. And we thank you for your joy. Your word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can truly say that you have been our strength. And we know that you're continually working in our lives, God. And so we re just rejoice. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy. You take us each one home safely, Lord, and as the word has been poured in us, God, that we will pour it out in those around us, that we will continue to advance your kingdom. So we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wanted to